0: Hey, friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. But I want to talk about a safe house. A safe house. I say it out loud. A safe house. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for this moment. Be glorified. We pray in Jesus name. You may be seated. A safe house. I want to talk about a safe house. Yeah. A safe house. Yeah. I want you to do me a favor real quick and just go like this. Just yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure y'all alive. That's all I want to do. I just want to make sure y'all alive. I don't believe in dead church i never had one i just never i don't believe in it and i don't preach to it i don't stay in it i go home i don't have time for the devil stuff that you face today you don't have time to come to nothing dead just look at someone around you and say wake up, wake up. yeah yeah so all the lethargicness and lackadaisicalness and i be mean, a No, we got things to do and we got a kingdom to speak to. So I wanna make sure that we are alive and well. Everybody on streaming as well. Sometimes you go through those different seasons that you gotta shake yourself and make sure that you know that the devil don't have you, but you got him. I got you in the palm of my hand to remind you of where you can go when I send you when I need to. Uh, But here in this particular scripture that we're talking about today, I want to approach it from the angle of, oh, happy birthday, Trees! happy birthday, yes. I want to to, uh, speak to it from the angle of um, our core values. And the core values that we have here at the church, as many of you know, but it's never enough to reiterate it. I'm so happy to have Shane uh, back as well, Ms. Josie back with you as well. Um, but uh, we want to, those three core values that we have are growth, grace, and gather. Growth is about the freedom to discover your purpose. Um, grace is about re- a relationship over religion and gathering is about fellowship and community say that one more time about growth it's about the freedom to discover your purpose i believe everyone has a purpose grace is about relationship over religion and gathering is about fellowship in communion a fellowship in community and as it relates to this particular series that we're on uh, it's important to know not just what we do as a church but why we do what we do it's very very important that we know that now that there's a distinct value system that governs this particular body that might not govern another body. And it's very important that we know that, that uh, even those people who connect to this particular ministry, I've learned throughout the years, uh, sometimes people who, uh, what I call um, aquarium swapping, Um, people who jump from one particular fellowship to this particular fellowship oftentimes come here saying I like it, I wanna be a part of it, I love and enjoy certain aspects of it, but I've learned oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes over time, that person um, actually tries to make us what they left. You have to be very careful of um, trying to date people when you're on the rebound. Uh, When you got freshly hurt and you link up with someone just so that you are not lonely. So what happens is you don't really want to be with them, but you want the other person to make you make you want the other person to uh, have the assumption that you have moved on. Uh, so you post things and you share things and you, you tweet things and you say things like it's better and I'm, I'm fine and when people walk out your life, leave them or whatever. But you really know you're healed from something when you no longer talk about it. You really know you're healed when you no longer it no longer has a hold on you. There's something that I do. I've done it for a long time, but it's something I still try to practice. Is that when someone comes here from a particular other church and oftentimes they bash where they came from. I very rarely entertain it, one. Secondly, I don't usually ask questions about it because one is none of my business and everybody's experience is different. And oftentimes what I've learned is that oftentimes the people who sometimes, not all the time, this is oftentimes, not all the time, sometimes the people who say the most were oftentimes the part of the problem. But we always want to be the hero in our own story. So because we don't know the other people that you left, we will never know the true version. So here, you can become a hero here and we can always make somebody else the victim or the villain, Uh, but we wanna make sure that when we have a place together and when you're joining and you're connecting to something that you you are led by God and not led by emotions. Because there are a lot of people who will say, I feel called here, but six months later, they'll feel called to leave. So is God schizophrenic? Is he, or, or did you just eat something that day that made you feel better and you made a decision based on a feeling that was not based on, uh, based on God? And I do feel like in this particular time and in this particular area, the era of time, we have people that are more feelings driven than, 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 than foundation driven. So what happens is when things happen and when things going on in our life, we shut down because we have nothing to ground us and nothing to root us. But in this season, you have to make sure that you have something strong, something that is stronger than feeling. Someone say, I need something strong. I don't need Kool-Aid. I don't need something watered down. I mean, for even moments like this to be truthful right now, to even moments like this, sometimes you'll get to a moment and do it to an atmosphere and to a, a particular season and, and you'll be like, oh, I don't really feel like you used to. And sometimes you have to learn how to go back to what you really got. You have to learn how to go back to what you really have. And in the old church, when we didn't have drums, we didn't have screams, and we didn't have all that type of stuff, but we had the Holy Ghost. And we had power, and we had authority, and we would go into rooms and we would say, I command this thing to line up, I command this room to line up, I command this atmosphere to line up. We never left and said, oh no, it wasn't wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't supposed to be, oh no, I, at some point, at some point things shift because if I talk about him long enough, oh he sets the atmosphere and he will set the thing right. And I want the church that knows how to set your own atmosphere that's not dependent on everybody else. That's why the songwriter used to say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go, I came glad. I wasn't waiting on nobody else to make me happy I came shouting the song we should sing the song I came running when they said unto me let's go into the house of the Lord I didn't wait on a priest break. I am the priest brick I didn't wait on the worship I am the worshiper I didn't wait on the song I had my own song service before I got here because when I got here I came with fire when I got here I came with purpose and if you don't praise him, it won't bother me because he is the rock of my salvation he is a stone that the builders rejected he is my savior you don't have to praise him but I praise him every chance I get because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he's done not for you but what he's done for me my soul that's why I praise him for his goodness and his mercy not towards you but for me I should have been a tragic number I should have been uh, should have been sleeping buried in my grave but he didn't see fit to let it be. So every chance I get I'll praise him, I'll dance I'll run, I'll skip I'll jump and I'll dare you to make fun of me because you don't know what he's done for me. I made a vow to the Lord. that Every time I got a chance I'll give him glory. Every time I get a chance i honor his name. I'll look like a fool but I rather look like a fool than be in my grave because the grave can't praise him for me. But while I still got breath in my body, everything that hath breath Oh, we started this church on a Bible study, not a priest thing. I started this church on a Bible study, not a church service. So I know how to make the word do what it's got to do because the word built this church. And the Bible says upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. All you got to do is give me a Bible and a memory. All I need is the word and a memory. And when I think of the word and I put my word according to my memory, I think about the fact that I shouldn't even be holding this microphone right now. But it's by grace that I have been saved. Glory. Somebody look at someone and say, I'm grateful for my memory. Yeah. So this particular series, sorry I had a flashback. This particular series, it talks about last core value of belonging um and i want to talk about belonging and uh, coming together and this doesn't seem like uh, this would fit the scripture and i wrestle with it myself as many of you present are preachers who god gives you a scripture like it just doesn't seem to make sense this doesn't seem to fit and it didn't seem to fit to me um but uh there's i believe that it's going to set the foundation for the next few weeks of what we're going to go and this particular scripture uh, is the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon of the Mount, many of you would remember when Jesus talked about blessed are they who mourn, for they should be comforted. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And he gave all the Beatitudes and spoke about, you are the light of the world, a city set upon a hill that cannot be hidden. You are the salt of the earth. And he talks about all these different things. And then after he gave that, what they call one of the longest, well, particularly longest recorded sermons, because according to the scripture, the sermon lasted for about three chapters, uh, which meant that it lasted for a long period of time. Y'all usually only give me about 40 minutes and then you clock me out, but could you imagine just the sermon that doesn't seem to end? Um, I've been in messages like that where everybody starts out like, yes, and all of a sudden they're like, Lord, help them. Help them to close this message. I want to go home. Uh, Hopefully this is not that type of message today, but that was what the the era was at that particular time that Jesus, and of course they weren't quiet, they were really receiving, but this was a long message and he had concluded this scripture, and he concluded the sermon rather, and he concluded it by saying, whoever hears this message of mine, whoever hears this message and does it, Then he goes on and he explains it. The reason that he said whoever hears it and does it is because it's not enough just to hear a message and have no plan of action with it. I've preached many messages, um, many of them that I've forgotten myself, titles I don't remember, I don't remember what I wore that particular message, all those different things I forget. But it is not the message that I should recall What I should recall is what was my action after I heard the message? For those of you who are parents and those of you who um, have any area of communication at all, you are familiar with people saying stuff like, I heard you. Or you say, did you hear what I said? I heard you. And oftentimes I hear you, I heard you just means, I hope this is over. Doesn't necessarily mean they heard what you said because you'll find out if they heard what you said, if they can reproduce what you just said like if i say to you repeat to me what i said that's usually the test and oftentimes i've learned when it comes to us in our foundation or when it comes to us in our faith oftentimes the reason that we're not winning certain battles is because we're not able to recall what we heard And the reason that we're not able to recall what we heard is because we had no action associated with what we heard. We just said, I heard it, or that was a good word, or whatever, but there's no writing it down. There's no trying to recall it. There's no, I'm going to put this into action. I remember my mom, when I was growing up, my parents, rather, when I would grow up, uh, we used to eat. And before we used to eat, we used to have prayer, yes. But one thing that my my parents, who are educators, would have to do, oftentimes, before we ate, they would say, quote a scripture before you eat. I was like, what? They say, give me a scripture. And you couldn't say what you said yesterday because you would have to have a new one. And you couldn't say what you said last week. You had to have a new one. I didn't understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to make sure that we had something to stand on on our own. That they, We couldn't just say, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, you said that last week. For God so loved you, he said the other day. I mean, it was always something, and I was just like, they just want to abuse us with the word. Is what I used to think. But they were trying to make sure that we had something to call up when we needed it. us uh, so before we ate, and that was, the, that was the thing of making sure that we had something that was real inside of us. So he was saying that I don't want you to be people, that's what he was saying to the people that were listening, I don't want you to just be people who are outwardly religious, but have no internal change or transformation. I don't want you to just be confessing things. I don't want you to just be running around the church all the time. Do you know this? And i say this and I hope this doesn't offend anybody. It probably does. Most of the stuff I say does. Uh, But I have learned sometimes everybody who's shouting doesn't mean they're the people who are growing. I have learned people will shout, they will roll on the floor, they will have a huckabuck, they will have a, uh, all this stuff, they will roll around, their weave will be left on the floor and some mother will go give it to them and put it back on the top of their head, all this stuff. But that doesn't mean any change is associated with your outward expression. You are not getting to heaven based on an outward expression. Jesus did not say he who has a praise break He who is able to speak in tongues, who is able to lay hands on the sick and they recover. No, he says, if you are going to have a changed life, you must apply what you've heard and believe that in your heart and make some action with that thing. Most of us, we want to rely on someone else's work or what someone else did instead of applying it to ourselves. But you're going to have to do the work yourself. Someone say, do the work. So that's what Jesus was saying. He said, whoever hears these words of mine, it's great that you hear them, but don't just hear them because it's dangerous for you to hear a message and have no plan attached to it. It's dangerous for you to hear this message right now. Is what Jesus was saying, but it's dangerous for you to hear this message right now. And by four o'clock, I can't even remember it. Because you do remember, according to statistics, you only remember so much of what you hear. When you write it down, you remember that much more. And then when you listen to it again, you remember that much more, uh, all these different things. But a lot of us, we sit in it and then we leave it and don't remember it. So when the fire comes or the test comes, we don't know what to fight with because we have nothing to use. And in this time, we don't want to just be emotion-based. I want to be foundation-based. Someone say foundation. Uh, The older people, I don't know if the younger people know this word, but even the older women used to teach women how to have foundation. My Lord, many people don't know what foundation is and that's why you're jiggling all over the place because mothers used to teach you how to have foundation. There was nothing wrong with you having a plus size, but you had to keep that plus side in so that when you came together, you could lift your hands without everything flopping out. Somebody say foundation. Yeah. Come on, plus side. Don't know those words anymore because everybody just be talking about, I got a body, yada yada. foot, put those things. Put those knees together, snatch, snatch it. So he said, he who hears this word is like a wise man, person who built his house on a rock. And I'm gonna teach a lot um, for this so it can make sense. "Built his house on a rock. The word built is past tense. It doesn't say who's building their house on a rock. It's one who's built their house on the rock that's important because I want to tell you and I know this might sound negative but I want to tell you we used to sing a song there's a storm out on the ocean and it's coming it's drifting this away if your soul's not anchored in Jesus you will surely drift away well I want to tell you the storms not coming the storms here if you watch the news recently matter of fact if you've gone home recently If you got children, if you have friends, if you are in any area at all, if you're breathing, if you're living at all, the storm is here. The storm is not coming. The storm is here. And the question is right now is how is your house built, not being built, but how have you built the house that you're living in right now? Because all of us are living in a house. How do I know this? Because the scripture says that this earthly tabernacle. This house shall dissolve, but I do have another building. So all of us are presently in a house, but the question is how have you designed, how have you built or been living in the house that you have? So he says, he that has heard the word and does it is like someone who has built his house up on a rock. It says a rock, one version says, uh, this rock was something that was dug deep. It had deep foundations to make sure that according to the structure of the house, the foundation had to be dug deep so that the house could stand. The question I want to ask you is, how deep is your understanding? Sometimes when you talk to people, you can tell who reads and who doesn't. you don't want to say nothing you. You can tell who is surface and who has a deeper understanding because of the level of your understanding and level of your time that you've taken. In this season, in this time, this is not the time to be shallow. This is the time to make sure you have something that is deep, something that you can hold on to. He says, he who built this house, is one who heard the word, is one who built his house and built on a rock in a deep, and had a deep foundation so that when the elements came and beat on that house, it could not fall. The elements were the rain rain came from above it was the flood Flood came from below and then it was the wind the wind came from the side and it beat up on that house meaning it beat on every direction i want to tell you something if you're not currently in a storm i want to tell you a storm is coming sorry to tell you that if you're, you're either in a storm you either came out of a storm or you getting ready to go into a storm and the thing is the rain is coming The floods are coming. And it's the wind that's coming, and it's gonna beat in every direction. I don't know if any of you all have ever been in a storm where you cannot even tell the direction that it's coming from. That by the time you talk about one thing, it seems like another thing that's coming. By the time another thing is coming, it seems like another thing that's coming. And you can't seem to see, to get yourself together because you called somebody yesterday about one storm, but you called them the next day about another storm, and it seems like it's beating in every single direction. I want to show a hands if anybody can identify when things are coming, and every every single direction it does not mean you're not saved just because you've been tested in every direction doesn't mean you're not saved it means it's testing to see how the house is built for everybody who wants to say god must be trying me he's not trying you he's trying to see what you've been built on what's inside of you what's there when the storm comes it wants to find out what's going on because the storms will come to beat up on you storms do not ask for your permission they come without permission and they come without warning they are coming to test to see what you're built with what's inside of you what's there do you have a prayer life? do you know how to forgive people Do you know how to not wish harm on other people? Are you jealous of other people? Can you celebrate when someone gets the job you wanted? Can you celebrate and be the bridesmaid in seven weddings and you still haven't been engaged yet? Can you celebrate without being a bridesmaid and saying it ain't gonna work? Can you celebrate? Can you, sorry, excuse me for a moment. Can you serve someone else's vision until you get yours? can you serve someone else's church without them being calling you pastor can you serve in the nursing home without preaching on the stage can you serve in the prison without having a social media live can you serve because whatever's in you is eventually going to come out oh it's quiet in the lord's church today oh it's real 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 quiet in the lord's church y'all want me to go home security come get me they can't take much more But in this scripture, he says the floods are coming, the rain is coming, the winds are coming, and it wants to see how is your house built. But it says that this house stood because it was built on a foundation. But then on the other side, it says his other house was built on the sand. And what that means by being built on the sand, which means it was built on something that had no foundation. It had something that was built uh, because when you're talking about sand, when the rain comes, it turns into mud. And when, when it turns into mud, it means it starts to shift and falter. And I want to ask you, are you standing on something that's shifting? Do you have friends that are shifting? Do you have a community that is shifting? That you never know exactly what state of mind they're going to be in. You never know exactly what mode they're going to be in. Maybe it's not you, but someone around you. That you don't know, are you in a good mood or are you in a bad mood? Because I'm not really sure. Do I say hi to you today or do I keep walking? I'm not really sure. Do you have faulty people around you? He said, he who built this message is so good to me that I'd rather cash out myself right now. Just cash out my own self. He says, here it is. He says that this person built the house and built it on the sand. He built it on a foundation that was not solid. So that when the floods came, because it came. It's basically someone, the sand means someone who basically has an empty profession. What is the empty profession? ta da da you learned it it's not in you you do know you can learn how to do church you can stand around it you can be around it you learn how to dip like them shout like them dress like them and can never it may not be what you have acted like But when the storm comes, it's going to test, is that thing real? You want Bible for it? Some of these people were going around. They were trying to cast out demons in the name of the one that they preached about. And the demon responded and said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But I don't know who you are. And I'm asking, I'm saying to us, you can't cast out demons in the name of your grandmama. In the name of my mama's God. He wants to be your God, not somebody else's God. This thing can't be built on somebody else's profession. I told you before, this ain't a family plan. Because the storm, someone said the storms are coming. It's not if they're coming, they are coming. The question is when are they coming? All of us will be tested. All of us will be tested in our profession. All of us will be tested in our faith. He says, he who built his house on an empty foundation, the storm came, the winds came, the flood came, and great was the fall. Because the house couldn't stand. Because they had nothing to hold it in. This story is about the contrasting life of someone who carefully builds their house Versus someone who haphazardly builds the house. Someone who wants a quick fix. Versus those who wants to be disciples. Sundays are quick fixes. Sundays are church starts around 1. Countdown starts at 1248. The praise team is going to sing two songs. I'll come around 115, 120 because they've kind of finished. Maybe the 125. Pastor Mario is going to come up. He's probably going to sing. Well, he might not sing. Whoever knows. He's going to go online. He's going to welcome everybody. He's going to say, all first-time guests, raise your hand then we're going to make our confession we might shout we might not who knows Then he's going to make our confession then we're going to stand i'm listening to the word about 40 minutes 45 minutes sometimes long sometimes he gets real caught up he starts jumping around the stage and then we start shouting then i kind of sneak out when the shouting's going on because i don't want them to pay attention because i don't want that on me so then i leave he asks if anybody's gonna give their life to christ nobody ever does because we don't ever invite anybody who's not saved anyway he's only people who like church and we only come so we don't invite anybody we we, th- we do that then remember About 3 o'clock I'm in my car and then I leave and then I do it again next Sunday. That's routine. I I just do it all the time. Yeah, I've been doing it for years. Can't change, but I, I, I like it. I like that emotional service. I love how it makes me feel. I feel good about church. I ain't changing, but I sure do feel good about it. I like that I don't have to dress up, I just dress down I wear whatever I want, nobody judge me, now we got mask on, I don't even have to put on, I don't have to put mascara, I don't have to put on lipstick or nothing. I just be sitting there with my mask, not changing, but having a good old time. The storm's coming. And it's gonna test if you've just been existing or if you've been growing. My job is not to entertain you, because my job is not, Steve, my name is not Steve Harvey. And I don't have a show This is the gospel Of Jesus Christ And there's a point in your life That you're going to have to give an account For the things that you've heard You're going to have to give an account For the things that are happening in your life You can't just be around Good word and do nothing with it Many of you prayed For a good church Prayed for a good pastor praying. I ain't all no, ain't nothing good but the Father. <laughs> but you prayed for this, and now you got it. And all sometimes what happens is, Caesar, a lot of us take advantage of it and don't appreciate it until you don't have it. Right. And then when you don't have it, you say, I sure do miss Why? You did nothing with it when you had it. Why do we miss the relationships of people that we took advantage of? Why? Why do we fall out in people's caskets over people we didn't talk to while they were living? And we try to bring them back so that we can get another chance to do what we didn't do. In this time, someone say, live right now. Live right now. Because this person who built his house on the sand. And when I say empty confessions, and it's not to make us feel, it's to check all of us. Because all of us, all of us, even pastors, if you're not careful, you can get on autopilot. And you'll start start relying on talent and skill. And just start finding anything. But it's not life. For the first few years of my ministry, all I did was preach messages for the people, but it wasn't changing me. I learned how to preach for the people. So the people would say, oh, you preach that. Oh, that was good. Oh, that was a great message. Most people didn't pay no attention to it. All they wanted to know was was my intro good and my outro good. They didn't care about the middle. Did I start it good and did I end it good? Did I end it high? Did I hype them at the end? That's all that mattered. It wasn't did anybody change and more so it wasn't about was I changing? How is it when we want to rely on someone else's review and they haven't gone to the restaurant that they're reviewing? There are many of us who are telling people to do stuff that we haven't done ourselves. I don't want to tell you how to swim if I can't swim. tell you not to start a business and i'm not an entrepreneur i want to make sure that what i say is something that's working for me someone say does it work for me does it work for me you want to make sure that when the storm comes that i'm not trying to look up something but i'm trying to say lord what has worked for me in other seasons what has worked for me in other times and that's what the scripture is talking about it's the person who built his house on the sand that he couldn't do anything with it because it wasn't built right now, you would think that basically this story's over because basically he ends it. And he says, great was the fall of that. It ends sadly that the person who built their house on the sand, great was the fall of it. And it's sad. That's the end of the story. I, I was drawn to this story, though, uh, to give you some hope. Uh, as it relates to Belong, as I was watching uh, the Discovery Channel, um, I don't know when I was watching it, but I wrote it down. And Sometimes when I watch things, it speaks to me. So I was watching the Discovery Channel, and when I was watching the Discovery Channel this particular time, I saw on the beach, there was this crab running around the beach. And while this crab was running around the beach, um, they were, there was dialogue, and they were talking about this particular hermit crab. Well, I thought that I knew everything there was to know about hermit crabs until I turned up the volume. And as I watched this particular hermit crab and as it was going around uh, the particular, uh, the, uh, going down the particular bank and the particular beach, I was watching and I said, well, what is this? why is this crab going around and what is it doing? And I turned it up and it was going around putting his claws in all these different shells. It was just testing every single shell. And the person, the orator of the story said, what the hermit crab is doing is, is trying to find a home. So it's testing the shells. It's going around testing the shells to see which one is right for it. So when I looked at belonging and when I thought about this particular shell and I thought about this particular scripture and I thought about the, the rains coming and the winds coming and the flood coming and, the wind and all this different type of stuff, this crab in, the, in, the, or- in the, the documentary was saying that the crab knows that a storm is coming. And before the storm comes he want to make sure he has a home to live in because the crab knows that the storm is coming not it is not it, it might he knows the storm is coming and he want to make sure that he has a home and the first thing that the crab does to check all the shelves is to make sure that if you're gonna have a safe house you got to make sure that you have a house that is a place of truth the first thing it's got to be a house that is a place of truth someone said truth Because that crab was going around checking each shell to make sure that it could withstand the storm. You don't want to be connected to something that changes truth. Not changes truth to fit the situation, but stands in truth no matter what the situation is. Because a lot of times in this particular time, we change to fit culture. So whatever culture does, that's what we do. But that was never supposed to be the church's stance, that the culture was supposed to come to us and we influence the culture. But oftentimes now the culture is influencing us. So we change because of what's popular. But I don't need a house that's popular. I need a house that's truthful, because if a storm is coming, I need to be connected to something that has truth. Someone say truth. I need to have something that is able to stand so the crab goes around and it checks and it wants to make sure that this house that it's connected to this shell that it's connected to is truthful because this truth is going to be tested your confession is going to be tested how do I know this? as soon as you say you're delivered from something the test if you're delivered from it's going to come soon as you say I'm over her Soon as you say, I'm over it. Soon as you get a t-shirt to say, I used to have it, but now I don't have it no more. Something's going to test you and say, I want to know how delivered are you? And sometimes that, that, that test comes to you tall, dark, handsome, and single. And a good credit score. And here you say, Lord, I said I would be celibate. But Father, you are a forgiving God. You will be tested. Someone say you'll be tested. Take it out of anything, but you will be tested on your confession. That's why Jesus is, not, Jesus is not nervous when you confess him. Because when you confess him as the truth, that's why scripture says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life." That means that no matter how they try to discredit the Bible, it is still the most popular book in time. People are still running to it. And as soon as disaster happens, even agnostics holler out, Jesus. If you get in a car wreck, the first word they say is Jesus. Don't call on me when you need me. Don't call in the midst of trouble. But what happens is in the midst of trouble, you need a place of truth. Someone say, I need a place of truth. That's what the crab said. I know that there's a storm coming and I need something that can withstand the storm. I need to be connected to a place of truth. Well, that was not only the only thing that the crab did. The crab was walking around inspecting, trying to find truth and trying to find something that could withstand something that was sure, something that was true, something that was solid, all that stuff. And then it says that I found out, cause I didn't know, maybe y'all knew it. Y'all don't, don't judge me for what I didn't know. I thought that shells were attached to the hermit. I thought that it was a part of their body. Y'all didn't know that, maybe y'all didn't know that, I didn't know that. I thought that the shell was a part of the hermit's body. So I was confused when I saw the hermit walking around without anything, I said, what is that? I didn't know that it was a crab because when it got to the shell, it was going in and out of the shell, trying to find a spot, not only a spot for truth, But the shell also is carried on their back. The shell, the hermit puts the shell on their back and carries it. So the shell, he wants to make sure, or the hermit wants to make sure that this shell is not too heavy for me to carry. So he makes sure that he finds not only a place of truth, but a place of grace. To say that if I've been fought in the world, I cannot get this thing to be fought too. I cannot be fought everywhere and then come to the house of God, come into a place of rest, come into a place of family and be fought there too. I'm fought by my coworkers, I'm fought by my family, but when I get a home and when I belong somewhere, I want to make sure that it's a place of grace for me and not a place of rules. I want to make sure that no matter where my life is, that I can carry this thing because he wants me to have grace wherever I go. That wherever I go, that grace is on me. That's why the scripture says at the ending of Psalms 23, the last verse, it says, surely goodness and mercy. Shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell where? In the house of the Lord. How many of you can thank God for a place of grace? The place of grace means I didn't work to get it. The place of grace means I didn't do anything to earn it. The place of grace means that no matter where I am in my life, grace is on me. Grace is on me, it's never too hard for me to carry it, it's never a burden for me, that no matter what I have going on in my life, I've got grace over my life. Someone say I've got grace on my life, and that is the wonderful thing, because there are some times in my life I don't feel saved, but I've got grace. There are times in my life I don't feel like praying, but I've got grace. There are times in my life when I don't feel so righteous, but I'm so grateful that I have grace, and grace does not judge me. I'm so grateful. Someone said, I'm grateful for grace. Grace opens doors that no one can shut. Grace closes doors that no one can open. If you wonder why I have what I have or I do what I do, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with grace. If you know his grace, then you would know why I'm so grateful. If you knew his grace, you would know why I get so grateful. You would know why I get so sad, why my voice elevates. Because when I think of his grace and I think about me, I should not deserve it. But he gave it to me anyway. I've got cars because of it. i got great, i got a sound mind because of it. I haven't lost my mind because of it. I have not had car wrecks because of it. Everybody around me has been tested and, and had tested positive. But for whatever reason, it's not that I haven't been in the same room as they've been in, but for whatever reason, grace keeps me healthy. And I wanna thank God for grace. Someone say grace. Grace is more than a car, grace is more than a promotion on a job. Grace promotes me from hell. Grace promotes me from death. Grace keeps me from danger seen and unseen. It is just grace that brought me safe thus far. and It is that grace that has led me off. When do we stop praising God for grace? I'm carrying it. The only reason I'm able to do what I do is because of grace. Stop promoting the website or, or promoting, uh, promoting the resume and promote His grace. To be able to go in the room and say, I'm not smarter than you, I just got grace. My credit score was jacked up just like you, but he gave me the grace to fix it. He gave me the grace to pay off stuff. He gave me the grace. My car and my house that I have is not to fly. I live in that house because of his grace. Grace did this thing. Grace saved me. Grace covered my family. Grace kept my mind. Grace paid bills. I had more bills than I had money, but I had grace. And when I looked at the end of the month, I said, grace did it one more time. Somebody open your mouth, say, grace did it. Crab needed a place of grace. I thought I was talking about a crab, but I think about myself. I need a place I can live in called grace. I don't wanna be judged every single day of my life. I'm already got a target on my back because of my color and because of what I look like, but I need a place of grace that when the target comes against me, the target bounces off of me because of grace on my life. So he goes in and out because I'm looking for a house of grace, looking for a safe place, a, a grace place because I've been a part of rules. But it's hard to find grace. Because it's interesting because we want grace that we don't give. I want it, but I won't give it. But I need to be connected to something that not only I can have it, but I want to give it too. What that means is, when you come through something, the reason that I have the passion I have for certain things is because I've been there. And because I've been there and I have survived it. Now when I look at someone else, I say, oh no, 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 don't give up yet. Oh, no, no, don't stop yet. Oh, no, that's not the end of your story. How do I know this? Because I survived it. Grace kept me here. Grace has allowed me to be able to testify today. I wish we had testimony services again, where people used to get up in the microphone and they would say, I just wanna thank God for being in my right mind. I wanna thank God that he didn't allow things to happen to me. I thank him for saving me. I thank him for keeping me. I thank him for allowing me to live one more day. I don't have everything I wanna have, but I thank God that if he never does another thing, he's already done enough for me. Somebody lift your hands and say, thank you for your grace. Ah, uh, get out of that. Thank him. So I not only need a place he the crab goes on. Let me go back to the crab. So the crab not only goes to inspect to find truth, but then the crab goes in and out because it's trying to find a, a place of uh, find a place of, of of grace, a place that it can carry it on its back. And then what I found out, I was like I was wondering as well. I said, Well, why does the the crab carry it on its back? And uh, found out that the crab carries it on its back because it's also a defense mechanism. Because seagulls want crabs. So they're sweeping down low, swooping down low to try to grab a crab. But when the shell is exposed, it can't grab the crab because of the shell. So not only do I need a place of truth, not only do I need a place of grace, but I need a place of protection. Because what happens is the crab has a, uh, the crab, the hermit crab has a shell that is dual purpose. That is not just a place to live, but it's also a place to be safe. That when the crab feels threatened, it can retreat into the shell. And it puts its two claws together so that when the, then the seagull tries to come, it can't get it because it's protected. It becomes a defense mechanism against everything. And I want to ask you, what is your defense mechanism? It's a covering place. It's not just a place I live, but it's a place that keeps me covered. It's a place that keeps me there. And there's a lot of people, I'm sorry to say, but there's a lot of people who don't want to be covered anymore. This hermit was walking around naked and exposed and not covered. But because it knew that it needed a place to hide, it needed a covering. Hear me when I say, you need a spot to belong to that covers you when you can't cover yourself, that prays for you when you can't pray for yourself, that lifts you up when you can't lift yourself up. You need somebody that can speak into your life to say, I know that you think that this is the end of the story, but I'm here to tell you that trouble doesn't last always. You need a covering. Someone say, I need a covering. So this hermit will want it to go into the shell so they can find a place of covering, a place of protection. That's where Psalms 91 verse 1 says, he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall dwell, abide in it. And we want to make sure that you got a place that you can hide. We don't have people. We used to sing a song a long time ago. We could say we have a hiding place. I'm so grateful that I got a safe place. Uh, the Thompson Community Choir used to sing a song. They would say, that's why I'm safe. I'm safe in his arms. Is there anybody safe in the arms of Jesus? Anybody had safety? Have you ever had a storm in your life or a situation that has come in your life and you looked and you saw the storm coming and you braced yourself from it? And when you opened your eyes, the storm passed over you. It didn't hit you, but it passed over you. And you will look at yourself and say, I'm so glad I'm safe. I'm so glad I'm safe in his arms. I'm so glad I'm safe in His covering. There was a story. uh, I told you all this story before. There's a story of this particular uh, girl. Oh, no, no. It's a better story. There's a particular story. He comes to me all the time. There's a particular story of this girl who was outside and she was screaming and she was crying because the bees were all around her. And she was crying for her daddy and she said daddy daddy come the bees are, are trying to sting me the bees are trying to get me daddy and she was calling she was crying said daddy come and get me because of the bees so finally the daddy came outside and what the dad did is what he grabbed the child sat down with the child and hugged the child and then all of a sudden the child felt the daddy's arms and felt the dad's body go stiff and get real tight All of a sudden, the daddy said to the child, he said, don't worry, the bee stung me. And she said, well, why should I not worry? He said, because bees don't sting twice. Jesus took the sting out of death. (laughs) He grabbed me. He grabbed me, whoops! He grabbed me, so that when death tries to come, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? I'm so glad that it only stings once. Can we give God praise that it will never sting you again? It's a safe place. It's a safe place that no matter what tries to come at me, it can't come at me because he already grabbed me. He already covered me. He made sure that I had what I needed when I needed it. I'm so grateful for the times he grabbed me. I'm so grateful for the times He grabbed me when I did not want to be grabbed. I'm so grateful for the times He delivered me when I did not want to be delivered. I'm so grateful for the times He closed my mouth when I wanted to clap back. I want to thank God for the times that He grabbed my hands when I want to smack a, sorry, when I want to hit somebody. I want to thank God for the times He reeled me back in. I want to thank God for the times He caused me to get on my knees instead of getting in my car and going over and flatten somebody's tires. I want to thank God for the times. Uh, that he held me together when I felt like I was falling apart somebody give God praise for holding you together thank God for his protection thank God for his protection thank God for having a place that covers me and that protects me when I'm not able to afford an alarm system I thank him that he alerts me how do I know he alerts me? sometimes when somebody's walking towards me he'll say don't trust him Sometimes when I get a phone call, I say, don't answer. Sometimes when I'm going down a particular road He'll say turn down that street Don't turn down that one And then I find out later on the news That there was a big car wreck And that could have been me It could have been my car It could have been my body It could have been the one that I was being reported But he gives me these little inklings. Sometimes we'll say turn left Instead of turning right Go down here instead of going down there Has anybody ever testified about moments That you should have been somewhere But he protected you from it Have you ever gone back through your yearbook And thank God for people That he did not let you stay with have you ever looked back on Facebook at the memories that show up sometimes and say, Lord, thank you for the protection that you have had over my life because sometimes I was a daggone fool. But thank you for delivering me and from snatching me out of and protecting me from my foolish ways. Maybe I'm the only one. That's why y'all not praising God the way you need to because I'm the only foolish person in the room. I'm sorry, but I have made some foolish decisions. I have done some crazy things. I have been to the wrong places that I shouldn't have been. But I thank him for looking beyond Me and protecting me from myself. Everything I've done has not always been right. Every word I've said has not always been right. But Lord, I thank thank him for his protection. Thank him for his protection. Thank him for his protection. Thank him for protecting me. Thank him for protecting me from me. Sometimes I want to believe my own lies, but oh, he's a protector. Oh, he's a protector. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm feeling my help just one moment, but oh, he's a protector. We used to sing a song in the Missionary Baptist Church. I'm sorry, y'all don't know this song, but we used to sing a song, said, oh, to be kept by Jesus. Lord, at thy feet, I would fall. We would say, I would be nothing. I would be nothing if it had not been for his protection Can we just take a moment right now to just thank God for keeping me Can we take a moment right now to say thank you for being a safe place for me Thank you for being a protected place for me Thank you Now when the enemy comes in like a flood you lift up a standard against them Thank you for protecting me from my foolish ways Thank you for protecting me from stuff I shouldn't have done Thank you for allowing me not to have ten children when I should have had a whole bunch of them Thank you for not allowing me to have STDs when I should have had them. Thank you for allowing me to be kept when I didn't wear my mask and because I was trying to be political instead of being safe. Thank you for keeping me from my hard-headed ways. Somebody open your mouth, say, thank you. He's a keeper. shoot. He's a keeper. Yes, he is. Oh, let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop, let me stop. But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I've been covered. I'm so grateful that I've been prayed for. I'm so grateful that I've been encouraged. Matter of fact, I got a word for it, Angie. I remember, excuse me, I feel like preaching for a moment cause I can't wait on y'all to give me no fire. I gotta make my own fire, obviously. But I found out in scripture that I found out that when David David was in a cave. David was being David was being sought after by Saul. Saul was trying to kill him, and David had not done anything. David was in the cave by himself. Nobody knew where he was, but God spoke to a God named Jonathan, and Jonathan found him while he was in a cave, and Jonathan went right to him, and when he went to him, he said, my only assignment is to encourage you, and I want to know, is there anybody in the room who's ever been in a cave, wanted to be left alone, wanted to stay in the dark, didn't want nobody to call you, but God sent a Jonathan, God sent a Josie, God sent a jeremiah. God sent a Jason. God sent somebody into your life that all they did was said. I ain't got a lot for you. I ain't got a lot of scripture for you. But I want to remind you that God is not a man that he should lie. God is not the son of man, that he should repent it. If he did it for me, I believe he'll do it for you. If he brought me out, I believe he'll brought me out. If he'll heal my body, I believe he'll heal your body. If he did it for me, I believe he'll do it for you. Look at somebody around the room. Tell somebody, I believe the same God who did it for me. It's the same God who would do it for you. I was shackled, excuse me, excuse me. I was shackled uh, by a heavy burden uh, beneath uh, the load of guilt and shame uh, when uh, the hand of God touched me uh, and I am no longer the same. Uh, somebody throw your hands up uh, and say, he touched me. Uh, grateful for his touch. Uh, grateful for his touch. Uh, touch my mind. Uh, touch my body. Uh, touch my past. Uh, Touch my future. Touch my present. Touch my daughter. Touch my son. Touch my niece. Touch my nephew, touch my uncle, touch my aunt, touch my daddy, touch my mama, and look at him, today, it's September the 12th, he's still touching me, still touching me, still touching me, still lifting me, still healing me, still calming my storm, somebody say he's still doing it. Ah, yeah, talk about Excuse me, I gotta get out of that. But I'm so grateful for his touch. I'm so grateful for protection. So the the hermit needed a place of protection. But in the last thing, the last thing that encouraged me is that the hermit. I saw the other documentary said that the hermit will eventually get bigger, and when the hermit gets bigger, it leaves that shell to go find another shell. The hermit eventually grows. And when he outgrows that shell He's got to find another place to grow I wanna ask somebody Have you ever thanked God For the times you have grown? Have you ever looked back over your life And said there was a time That I wouldn't be in church There was a time That I would've snatched back There was a time Where I would've told somebody about themselves But when I look back over my life Oh how I've grown Oh, how he's changed me. Oh, how he's changed me. Oh, how he's changed me. I want somebody to holler out in the room. Oh, what a change. Somebody holler out one more time. Say, oh, what a change. Thank God for changing me. I looked at my hands. They look new. I looked at my feet. And they did too. So the crab not only needed a place of truth Not only needed a place of grace Not only needed a place of protection But he needed a place to grow What does that mean? I'm growing in this season And I don't need no haters I'm growing in this season I don't need nobody jealous I'm growing in this season And I need somebody Who will support what God's doing in my life Point towards somebody And say support what's happening Tell somebody, support what's happening. I ain't trying to do that no more. I ain't trying to be that no more. I ain't trying to act like that no more. I used to be like that, but I ain't trying to be like that. I ain't trying to act like that. I ain't trying to run like that. I ain't trying to give my body to everybody because I'm trying to change and I'm trying to grow. The words working in me, the words working on me. I see something happening in me. Somebody say, I'm changing. Somebody say I'm changing, somebody say I'm changing, if my daddy were here, he would say that one day the sky is going to crack open and we who are alive and shall remain, we're going to be caught up in the middle of the air and we're going to be changed. We're gonna be changed, we're gonna be changed Somebody say I'm gonna change, I'm gonna change Matter of fact, tweet out this day, tweet out today Put it on Facebook, tell somebody don't sleep on me Because I'm a caterpillar, don't sleep on me Because I'm a caterpillar and I'm moving slow Don't sleep on me because it looks like I ain't going nowhere Because when I get in this cocoon when I get in this cocoon and when he hides me he's working on me you don't see what he's doing but he's working on me you don't see how he's changing me because he's working on me I'm still black I might be ugly, but I'm still here, and he's changing me, he's changing me because eventually that cocoon is gonna crack open and when you see me again, I'm gonna have wings and I'm gonna fly above everything that try to keep me down every time they're trying to keep me in my place, I'm gonna rise above it somebody say I'm gonna rise above it I'm gonna rise from the ashes I'm gonna rise from generational curses I'm gonna rise from depression I'm gonna rise from suicidal thoughts I'm gonna rise from demons I'm gonna rise from hell I'm gonna rise from myself And it does not yet appear When I shall be But when I come forth I shall come forth As pure gold Somebody say I'm gonna look different I'm going to look different. I need a place to grow. I need a place that I can transform and a place that, that supports my transformation. I'm tired of being in shells that don't want me to grow beyond its shell. I'm tired of being connected to things that only want me to grow according to your standards. But according to his word, I have been fearfully and I have been wonderfully made. So if God sees more in me than I see in myself, that means I've got to get a part of a shell that supports my growth. (laughs) What is a shell? A shell is a family. What is a shell? A family is people that will cover you. What is a shell? People that will support your growth. A community that will support you. No matter where you are at in your life. I need a shell. Someone say, find you a shell. What does that have to do with the scripture? It has everything to do with it. He said, because when the storm comes. When the floods come, when the waves come and they will, it's your shell foundational because if it's not, you're going to get swept away. You've got to have something that holds you. Storms will come in your life. If, you, if, if your storm is just a person. Sometimes storms will appear in your life that will test your faith. It will want you to clap back, and you say, "You know what?" Job said, "Though he slay me, I still trust him. I still trust you." Someone holler out, "I still trust you!" And I want to tell everybody here, tell everybody here, lest. My heightenedness make you miss the essence of this message. I want you to make sure that in this season, you've got something strong to hold on to. Something that you can lean on. We used to sing a song, though the storm keeps on raging in my life. Make sure your soul is anchored in Jesus. Just point to a few people and say, stay anchored in Jesus. My hope is filled on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest brain, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, All of the ground is sinking sad. All of the ground is sinking sad. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.